0: Hey fam, hello, 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 family. I have a word from the Lord, so let's get right into it. The Lord has been speaking to me and he said, he's been telling me that Vashti's will be disposed. Okay, this this is the season we are stepping in to the season of Vashti's being disposed. You are going to get, you're going to see a great falling away. You're going to see um the Lord... Take things away from people who's had platforms, because the lord um he's been inviting them like to 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 really have a feast with him, but they refuse they they're they've been too busy, so I want to read you um the parable of the wedding feast, and last day I had a dream, I had like multiple dreams. But um, one of my dreams was, like, it was was the wedding feast. I know I was at the wedding feast. But it was somebody who wanted to get in, and they couldn't. And then I just remember, like, they're trying to get in. I just remember thinking that, and that's all I can remember in the dream. And so then when I woke up this morning, that's when the Lord brought this to me. So let's uh, read Matthew 22. And that says, Parable of the Great Feast. Jesus also told other parables. He said the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his sons. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he, he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went. Their own way, one to his farm, another to his business, others seized his messengers and assaulted them and killed them. The king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and their towns and He said to his servants, "The wedding feast is off is ready." And the guests I invited aren't worthy of honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants bought and everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in the meeting, into the meeting, the guests he noticed it, the meeting of guests. To meet the guest, I'm sorry. He noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, "Bind his hand and feet and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Hallelujah. And the Lord... He's, he's saying that i've been inviting i've been sending out my invitations i've been sending out save the dates i've been trying to get to my children and they just don't want to hear me they don't want to be they don't want to be with me they don't wanna have a relationship with me they don't want to feast with me so do you see how um the, the He was furious. He was furious and he sent the army out to go, dis- to go destroy them. Because he was furious because these people have turned their back on God. God has honored them. He has shared his glory with them. He has given certain people platforms. And then they have turned their back on him. So you're going to begin to see a falling. Like people are going to begin to fall. And then another thing. Because even people that have came into the feast, right? There's people that have came into the feast, but you see how the man wasn't dressed in the cl- the, the uh, proper attire. It was that he had the the arrogance. He was arrogant enough because I was reading in my Bible in, at the bottom, and it talked about how and um like not to have the proper clothes. That's a, like, you're kind of being arrogant. Like, I don't have to wear, wear the way it goes, I can wear what I want. But when the Lord tells you to come into the kingdom, you got to accept him wholeheartedly. You have to come in there without a spot, wrinkle, or blemish because that's what the Lord died for. He died to clean you up. He died so you can be washed in his blood and be clean and pure. But it's people who have came into the banquet hall and have sat down and they think that, they can come under their terms. And the Lord is saying, That's not so. That's not so. I am Lord, says the Lord. He says, I am Lord. And you if, if you have to do things in the order that I have said. So you will see people begin that you that you have um you'll just see you're gonna see a great falling away. And the Bible talks about there will be a great falling away. Let's go to Matthew 24. Let's go to verse 10. And many will turn away from and betray and hate each other. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. We. It's already began that people have turned away from God. That Jesus has become more business than pleasure. You get what I'm saying? It's more about a business move than it is about wanting to serve him wholeheartedly. We see that, and the Lord is saying He's sending the army to destroy. Let's go down. Where does it say that? It Let's go back to uh Matthew twenty-two. It's right in. Verse 7, the king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their towns. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then I want to take you to um Esther chapter 1. These events happened in the days of King Xerxes, who reigned over 127 provinces, stretching from India to Ethiopia. At the time, Xerxes ruled his empire from his royal throne at the fortress of Susa. In the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. He invited all the military officers of Persia, Media, as well as, all, as the princes and nobles of the, provi- of the provinces. The celebration lasted 180 days, a tremendous display of the opulent wealth of his empire and the pomp and splendor of his majesty. When it was all over, the king gave a banquet for all the people from the greatest to the least who were in the fortress of Susa. It lasted for seven days and was held in the courtyard of the palace garden. The courtyard was beautifully decorated with white cotton curtains and blue hangings, which were fastened with white linen cords and purple ribbons to the silver rings embedded in the marble pillars. Gold and silver couches stood on a mosaic pavement of porphyry marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Drinks were served in gold goblins of many designs and there was an abundance of royal wine reflecting the king's generosity. Mm. By edict of the king, no limits were placed on the drinking for the king had instructed all his palace officials to serve each man as much as he wanted. At the same time, Queen Vashti gave a banquet for the women in, in the royal place of King Xerxes. On the seventh day of the feast, when the king Xerxes was high in the spirits because of wine, he told the seven eunuchs who attended him, Mehuman, me me Biztha, Harbona, Bigatha, Abaktha, Abic- Zither, and Carcas, to bring Queen Vashti to him with the royal crown on her head. He wanted the nobles and all the other men to gaze on her beauty, for she was a very beautiful woman. But when they c- conveyed the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. This made the king furious, and he burnt with anger. He immediately consulted his wise advisers, who knew all the Persian laws and customs, for he was asked their advice. The name of these men were Kershanan, Shethar, Admetha, Tarshish, Mires, Marsenia, and Memunikin. Seven nobles of Persia and Media, they met with the king regularly and held the highest position in the empire. What must be done to Queen Vashti, the king demanded. What penalty does the law provide for a queen who refused to obey the king's orders properly sent through his eunuchs? Memeunican answered, the, queen and the king and his nobles, Queen Vashti has wronged not only the king but also every noble and citizen throughout your empire women everywhere will begin to despise their husbands when they learn queen vashti has refused to appear before the king before this day is out the wives of all the king's nobles throughout persia and media will hear what the queen had did what the queen did and will start treating their husbands the same way there will be no end to their contempt and anger so if it pleases the king we suggest that you Issue a written decree, a law of the Persians and the Medians that cannot be revoked. It shall order that Queen Vashti be forever banished from the presence of King Xerxes, and that the king should choose another queen more worthy than she. When this decree is published throughout the king's vast empire, husbands everywhere, wherever their rank, will receive proper respect from their wives, the king and his nobles throughout. Thought this made good sense. So he followed Munichan's counsel. He sent letters to all the parts of empire. To each province in its own script and language. Proclaiming that every man should be the rulers of his own home. And should say whatever he pleases. Now do you see. How. Vashti got kicked to the curb. Because. It's. To be the queen. You have to carry yourself a certain way. You have to have respect for the king when you are queen because you can't be out here disrespecting the king because people see that and they think that it's okay for you to go ahead and do the same thing. And it's the same thing with people that the Lord has given these different um, platforms and voices and has made their name great. They They have told the Lord, I'm not coming. Like, they've been getting that conviction and they're like, I'm not coming. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm not going over there. I don't feel like it. And the Lord is just like, well, if I allow this, all of my children will begin to think that it's okay to treat me in this way. It's about... The, the the heart posture of these people is about the heart posture of Vashti. She wasn't humble. She didn't submit herself. Xerxes called her because he wanted to show Vashti off. He wanted to show how beautiful she was. And that's what the Lord did is doing with, with his children that have turned their back. He's calling them because he's like, I want to show you off. I want to show you off for my glory. But you don't want that. Hallelujah. Let's go up. It says... um, To bring Queen Vashti to him... This is verse 11. With the royal crown on her head, he wanted the nobles and all the other men to gaze on her beauty, for she was a very beautiful woman. He wants to show... He wants to show... His children off to the world to show what true beauty is. To know that it's a relationship with your Lord and Savior that makes you beautiful. And people have turned their back. So you will begin to see a falling away. It has already begun, but you're going to see it because God is sending an army to destroy these people. He is furious. But we see with let's look at up the definition of disposed real quick. Because we see that he, she got disposed, right? Removed from office suddenly and forcefully. Hallelujah. She got removed suddenly and forcefully. Because this is about the king. It was about his namesake. It was about if I let this go on in my kingdom. Then everyone began to do it. So. Do you see with Vashti being disposed. It now gave an opportunity for Esther to step in. Because it was for such a time as this. Vashti was the example set before all of the everybody. Everybody seemed that Vashti got disposed. It was there to show you do not dis, don't disregard the king. Don't disobey your husband. Don't do that. Respect him. Honor him. You get what I'm saying? So Vashti was the example. He set an example out of Vashti. But it was Esther to who the Jews were saved through. So you're going to begin to see the least come in the kingdom, and you're going to be seeing them sitting with the king. And a lot of people are going to be baffled. Because it's it's getting ready to be a shift. Hallelujah. If we go back to verse uh, Matthew 22 real quick. Verse 10. So the servants brought everyone they had could find, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. It's people that the Lord is bringing close to him who are going to share a meal with him and you're going to see good and bad alike <laughs> but it's in this time this move of god is is going to be so similar to esther it really is because this is a time when you look around people need a savior And there's only one Savior, it's Jesus Christ. And in those days with Esther, they needed a Savior. And the Lord used Esther. He used Esther to save the Jews. So you are going to see people like that raise up because this is the time. This is the time where you're going to begin to see people standing up. For such a time as this, it's going to be a sudden and a forceful shift. A sudden and a forceful shift. It has already happened in the spiritual realm. But now we're about to see it manifest in the earth. In the earthly realm, the natural realm. So what I what I really want to tell y'all. Is make sure that your garments is clean. Make sure that you staying close to the father. Make sure that when he knocks. You open the door and have a meal with him. Don't don't look out the peephole. Don't look out the window and see it's him. And don't open the door. Because we see what happened. When the man wasn't in the proper clothes, when he thought he could just enter the feast how he pleased. You see, it says that the then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw them into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Don't, don't, don't show up to this banquet unprepared. The Lord is not playing in this hour, family. In the name of Jesus, I want to take you. Um, give me a second. Hold on. Hold on, family, because I want to uh... hold on real quick. Okay, family, let's go to Revelations three. And it says, we're going to start at, uh, verse one, write this letter to the angel of the church or or Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what little remains for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly, as unexpected as a thief. The Lord is speaking, He's speaking. He's telling His church, the church that had turned their back, who have a reputation of having such a good relationship, but the Lord is like, "I know deeper. I know that you don't have no room for me in your heart. Come back to me and repent. Even the little good that's left in you is almost dead. Come back. He says, if you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. You remember that the Lord sent his servants. He sent his servants out to destroy, to destroy people, to destroy them because they did not come into the feast. The Lord is saying that he is going to come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. Yet there are some in the church of Sardis who have not spoiled their clothes with evil. That goes back to the men that had the clothes that weren't wedding fits. It's the evilness. You cannot walk into the kingdom of God wearing evil. You have to be clean. You have to repent. You got to turn to him so that your sins can be forgiven. They will walk with me in white, for they all are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. So I want to tell you something, because um, the Lord, he was speaking to me last night and he was saying that right now you might not feel like that you have it all you might be still searching and looking but the lord is saying when the when the fire gets underneath you there's no stopping you when this fire comes from underneath it comes underneath you there's not going to be no stopping you you're going to be unstoppable do not worry we see that even when Esther came into the kingdom, she had people that helped her prepare to go to the king. It was people that was in there for preparations. And the Lord is saying, I will do that for you. Do not worry about how much you know and how much you don't. I will prepare I will prepare you, says the Lord. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. The message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David, when he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to say in synagogues, those liars who say that they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hold on, hallelujah, because it's another Bible verse. Hold on, give us a second. Okay, fam. So like when you read that, right? When you read that that verse, you naturally um I go to I will make your enemies your footstool. That's the one that I would naturally go to or we also can go back to Esther where um Haman was at her feet while she was reclining. And how he knew his fate. He basically was begging because he knew what his fate was at that point. And um, we could say that because Esther saved the Jews. So the Lord did make Haman Esther's footstool. But at a time, it was like Haman had a, a, um, he had a plan. Like, how can I put, Lord, give me the right word. He felt like he was above Esther at a point because Esther was a Jew. But little did he know that the Lord made Esther queen for such a time as this. He came for Esther's people, but the Lord had Esther in the kingdom for such a time as this. And that's how it is right now. The Lord, when he's bringing these people up, you will cause people that once were high to be low. And they are going to see that the whole time that... The people that the Lord is raising is the ones that he truly loved. That's what scriptures say. So let's go to um, Isaiah 49 real quick. We're going to go back to uh, Revelations in a second. Let's go to first 23. Kings and queens will serve you and care for all your needs. They will bow to the earth before you and lick the dust from your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who trust in me will never be put to shame. I want to take you to Isaiah 60. Verse three. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands and your daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from all around the world will come to you they will bring you the wealth of many lands vast caravans of camels will co- converge on you the camels of Median and Ephah. hallelujah and i i definitely um encourage you to read this but i i'm bringing um i'm bringing i I'm bringing that out because the lord is doing that you're going to begin to see the, these things happen you were going to begin to see people that once you thought was nothing turn into something and people that you thought was something turn into nothing. Okay, so let's go back to Revelations 3. We're at verse 10 because you have obeyed my commands to preserve i will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world i am coming soon hold on to what you have because what you have so that no one will take away your crown all who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my god and they will never again have to leave it and I will write, them, write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from the heavens from my, from my God. And I also write on them my name, my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Family. The door, the Lord, the Lord is knocking. He's knocking on the door. I know He is. He's knocking on the door of people's hearts. Open the door. Allow Him to come in with the fullness. Don't just stop Him at the door and have a conversation with Him with the chain on. You get what I'm saying? Don't crack the door open and talk to Him for, while He's outside and you're inside. You let Him come in. Fully. And have a meal with you. Do you hear that? Because I'm going to tell you something. If you open that door a little bit. You crack it. I'm about to tell you. Let's go to um, verse. Let's keep going. Write the letter to the angel of the church. And let, let see it. This is the message from the one who is the amen. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor, blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold for me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments for me so that you will not be ashamed by your nakedness and the ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn away from your indifferences. Look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And he will share a, and we will share a meal together as friends. those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. The time is coming, family, and it's coming suddenly and it's coming forcefully. But the Lord is going to do everything that he said. He's been sending out invitations. He's been telling people, repent for your sins. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Turn away from your wickedness. If evil entices you, go the other way. The Lord has been saying it. But you shall see. An army coming. That's going to begin to destroy Destroy everybody who didn't accept the invitation, who didn't come in with the correct garments, who think that they can come to the Lord how they see fit, how it's about what they think that they should be able to do. You're going to, you're going, gonna, it's, 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 it's coming, family. I encourage anybody listening to repent and turn away from your wicked ways. If there's strongholds, if you feel blockage, if you feel limitation, if you feel any of those things, go to the Father. Ask him to cleanse you. Do you see where he said right here? It's people just like that man that entered into the feast. And he didn't have the proper attire on. He thought it would be okay to come how he seemed fit. And it says right here in verse 17. You say I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable. And poor and blind and naked. You think that. Because you might do a couple good deeds. Or you think that because you you may, you might feel like you're rich. You might feel like all these things. You might feel like, okay, well, this is the way I am. So, this is the way I'm staying. And God, he, he said he loved me. But listen, it's levels to this. It's levels to this. He says, I encourage you to buy gold for me. I advise you buy gold for me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. I, 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 I I'm, He's saying like, I advise you to become rich in the spirit. I advise you to come get this fire because we know that the Lord, he baptizes with spirit and fire. I advise you to come get this spirit. I advise you to allow me to baptize you in this fire. Then you will be rich. Then you will be rich in the spirits. Listen, family, all these worldly things, you can have everything your heart desires that's worldly. Right? But is it worth your soul? is those things worth your soul? Also buy white garments from me so that you will be not so you will not be put so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness because when you come into the kingdom everything is naked and exposed that the, the Lord says a time is coming where everything that was hidden shall be revealed. So if you didn't go to the Lord and you don't repent, you don't ask him to cleanse you. All of those sins that you were trying to hide deep down are going to come to the light. The Lord will expose them. And family is about to be an exposure. We are living in the times right now where everything that's hidden will be revealed. This is the time where his his children will worship. His true children will worship in spirit and in truth. They will show you what true worship it is. Because for so long, for so long, people haven't been doing things in spirit and in truth. And now the Lord is about to reveal it. An ointment for your eyes. So you will be able to see. It's time. For people to say. Lord I'm blind. I can't see. It's time to be real. You can read from Genesis. To Revelations. But if you don't claim. That you can't see. You remain blind. You'll never see the scriptures for what the Lord intended it. You will remain blind. So when the time, when the, when, when the time like the Pharisees, they um, couldn't see Jesus for who they was because they couldn't really see. Hallelujah. I want to read you something. Give me a second. Let's go to, um, okay, hold on. Let's go to, uh, Matthew verse Matthew chapter nine. Another thing before I start, the Lord has been telling me because this is something he has, he been working with me on. But he was telling me to tell this to his children. And somebody needs to hear this. He says, do not let your temper control you. Don't let your temper control you. You are to control your temper. The Bible tells you be angry, but sin not. Don't act out of your temper. We see that when Jesus went to go raise Nazareth Lazarus. I said Nazareth, sorry. Lazarus. When he went to go raise Lazarus, Right. He was angry. It says that he was was troubled. That's what the scriptures say. But he still was about his father's business. He still was about it. He wasn't caring what a naysayer had to say. And that's something that you have to take with you. Because it's going to be a naysayer. Be angry and sin not, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go down to... um, Hold on. Okay, let's go to Matthew 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him, so Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want to show mercy i want you to show mercy not offer sacrifices for i have come to call those who think they are right i have for i have come to call not those who think they are righteous but for those who know they are sinners don't don't think you're too good don't think you're too good to change your garments don't don't think that you're too good to sit next to a sinner because you're only fooling yourself. You're only fooling yourself. you only fooling yourself. The Lord, and even in the times when he when he first stepped foot, when Jesus first stepped foot, he said, I, I came here to, for the sinners. I ain't come here for the people who think they righteous. I came for people who know they are sinners. I came for people who can see that they are blind. I came for people that can see that they are sick. That's who I came for. Let's go to Mark 2, verse 17. Hold on, let me, uh, because I'm going to switch the versions. Oh, okay. Let me read you the let me read you the message version real quick. Okay, so let's start. Um, so this is the message version. Unlikely as it seems, more than a few of them had become followers. the re- The religion scholars and the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, and it lit into his disciples. What kind of example is is this acting? Cozy with riffraff. Jesus overhearing shot back. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting the sin sick. Not the spiritually fit. Oh that's a word. I like the way they worded that. I, I, I'm here inviting the sin sick. Not the spiritually fit. It's about knowing. It's about knowing. Hallelujah. That you were sin sick. But see, it was another version I wanted to read also. Hold on. It's the KJ21. Let me see if I can get that version up here. Because I'm looking at it on my computer. I ain't going to use it if I can't get it up on my computer. Okay, let's just go to the KJV. They that are whole have no need for the for the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Right there. Right there. Right there. Jesus has called. He has came For sinners who are in repentance. Be in repentance. Be in repentance, family. Sick people need a doctor. Healthy people don't. So if you think that you are healthy, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself because you're saying that there was not a need for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all, yes, have sinned. We all have fell short to the glory of God. But who is going to allow the Lord to clean them and put them in their new garments? Who's going to do that? Hold on, I'm getting another Bible verse. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 26. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. That's true religion. I want to even read... Up at verse 22. But don't just listen to God's words. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free... And if you do what it what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Family, I come on here, right? And I talk about, if the Lord tells me to re- the release a word, talk about how he's going to bless people, I will do it. I'll go do it because that's what my father told me to do. But I know my father. First, my first calling, my first purpose is to turn people back to the Lord. Is to tell you to repent for your sins because the kingdom of heaven is near. I know that I'm here to lead people back to the Father. I'm not here to preach you a blessings message. So yes, it says blessings and you will be blessed. But it's not about that. It's not about materialistic. It's about being blessed by knowing the Lord. About him blessing you with his presence. And I'm not talking about the presence that you, you can get. I'm talking about his actual presence. Him being there. Have you ever felt the Lord's presence? Or were you just wanting his presence? Which one was it? Which presence is it? Which one are you really worried about? All right, which blessing do you want his presence? Or his presence. Which one? It's, it's time for you to sit back and think about that. What is it about? Because the time is coming where everything hidden will be revealed. I encourage you to go and repent to the father. I encourage you to ask him to cleanse your heart of all wickedness. Yes, he says, I've come for sinners so they can repent. I want sinners that's that's going to repentance. He knows that you are a sinner. But will you repent? Will you repent or will you act like you're healthy? Will you admit that you're sick or will you act like you're healthy? Because it's just an act. Hold it. Let's go to John 9. I'm sorry, family, I got quiet because I was like looking for this Bible verse. So John nine Verse 41. Hold on. Okay, let's go. Let's start at verse thirty five. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the son of man? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to those who, to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked him, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. It's that conviction. Do you notice that the Pharisees always went back because it was that conviction there? They would catch an attitude. That's that sword. That's the that's your spirit being sliced from the soul, joint and marrow getting sliced. That's why they would catch an attitude because they were acting out of their convictions. So you see, they asked, "Are you saying we're blind?" Does that con- They they, they caught an attitude. If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you can, you claim, you can see. They didn't say, Lord, you know what? We are blind. They said, so are you saying we're blind? It was that arrogance. It was that pride. Are you saying that we're blind? But a blind person, you know, you are blind. Think about it. A blind person knows they're blind. Family, it's times that I'm reading scriptures and I got to read it. And I got to seek and pray. Sometimes I might even need to fast to get an answer from the Lord. Because I'll I'll say it, Lord, I don't get what this means. But by the power of God, he'll answer me. And I can see the power in his words because once I didn't know what it meant, but now I do. But if it's a person that reads this book from Genesis to Revelations and not once did you have a relationship with the Father, you will remain blind because you claim you can see. It's things in this Bible, I'm telling you. You'll be like, what is that? Go to Daniel. Go to Revelations. You, it, It's just it's the whole Bible, but I'm just pulling out a couple things. The whole Bible. Or even if you're reading the stories, are you getting the message behind it? Are you getting what the Lord is speaking to you behind it? Or are you just reading the story? Are you just reading the Bible so you can prove to people that you know so much biblical stuff? That you're such a biblical scholar? Or Are you reading it because you want your Lord to to come into you and have a relationship with him? You can know every... Every type of Bible, you can know Hebrew, Greek, whatever, whatever is written in. But if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, what does that really mean? If you don't ask the Lord, Lord, why is it this? Why is it that? Lord, I don't understand this. If you humble yourself, there's no guilt. Because you really are trying to know. The word of God saying, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. His people perish for a lack of knowledge. I want to get you that scripture. Hold on. Let's go to Hosea 4. Verse six The LLT says, "My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Since you priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priest. Since you have forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children. The more priests there are, the more they sin against me. They have exchanged the glory of God for the shame of idols. When the people bring their sin offerings, the priests get fed. So the priests are glad when the people sin. And what the priests do, the people also do. So now I will punish both the priests and the people for their wicked deeds. Weren't we talking about in the beginning that the Lord with, with Ashti? People are sitting here and they think it's okay. They, they treat God like a business. They treat the kingdom of God like monopoly. And, and these, the, the people see the priests doing it, so they go and do it. Because remember, we are we are a royal priesthood, are we not? So people think because they see priests disrespecting God that it's okay to do it. But never is it okay ever to disrespect the Lord your God. It's never okay to do that. People get happy when people keep sinning because it's business. It's business. Let me me tell you, let me give you a word that's going to make you feel good so I can keep you coming back. Instead, that that priest should be getting to the root of the problem. It's people out here struggling with addictions, people that have false idols, people that have strongholds, people that have soul ties, people that have generational curses. And and it's people, it's priests that really don't want to get to the root. They treat God like it's a business. And you see what the Lord says. So now I will punish both the priests and the people for their wicked deeds. Family, the word of God will not return back void. Once the Lord says a thing, it will spring forth. Yes, you can pray. You can pray for mercy and by repentance turn away and the Lord shall forgive you. But if you refuse to turn away from your wicked deeds, how can the Lord forgive you? Yes, you still might have to get disciplined because of what you did. But the Lord is saying, so now I will punish both priests and people for their wicked deeds. Because they refuse to have a relationship with him. How can the Lord forgive them if they refuse to know him? The more priests there are, the more they sin against me. They have exchanged the glory of God for the shame of idols. It's people. And you're going to begin to see. Just fall. The great falling away. It has already begun. But you are going to begin to see the Lord punishing people. Because instead of glorifying God, they they made it about fame. They made it about business. They forgot. They forgot that we were made to worship. They forgot that the Lord created us to glorify him. They forgot that part. And they began to glorify themselves. That is poison. Poison. To, to yourself. To glorify yourself that's poison. Because the glory ain't meant for you. The only one that can glorify you is the Lord. But it's for his purpose. So you can give glory back to him. We were made for that. We were made just like how you know in the Bible. Where the, um, I believe it's in Revelations. Where they place the crown on, the, um, on his uh, people's heads. And then they take the crown off and they put it at his feet. We were made to worship him. He is the only worthy one. He is the only one that's worthy. Don't forget that. I want to read you the the KJV version. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God. I will also forget thy children. Hallelujah let's read in verse um. Let's read at the top. Hear the words of the Lord, O people of Israel. The Lord has brought charges against you, saying, There is no faithfulness, no kindness, no knowledge of God in your land. I I encourage you to pray for knowledge from God. In the name of Jesus, say, God, give me the wisdom, understanding, and the knowledge. Because that's the only way that you will not perish. Is by knowing God. By how, having a relationship with God. Not about trying to prove to people what you know but about really having a relationship not about what can I get for my talents what can I get for my anointing your anointing should not be for sale okay okay it isn't about okay well people know I'm reputable so now let me just tell people what they want to hear That's what I mean by don't 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 do that. Oh, people know me as as as, because the Lord at one point the Lord glorified me. So people know. So now let me just start telling people what they want to hear. Something that's gonna make them feel good. Don't do that. Stay real and authentic. It says you might break, you might. You make vows and break them. You kill and steal and commit adultery. There is violence everywhere. One murder after another. That is why your land is in mourning and everyone is wasting away. Even the wild animals, the bird of the skies and the fish of the sea are disappearing. Don't point your finger at someone else and try to pass the blame. My complaint with you priests is with you. You will stumble in broad daylight. And your false prophets will fall with you in the night. And I will destroy Israel, your mother. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Since you priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priest. You see, having a relationship with God, right? When the Lord glorifies you, the world shouldn't look like how it looks right now. because, Because people that the Lord has set in places... We're supposed to be doing certain things. So it didn't get this far. You get what I'm saying? The priests have a job. In going into the holy place. You get what I'm saying? Everybody couldn't go into the holy place. The priests. And and people weren't doing the part. That they were. Supposed to do. So now look at the calamity. Look at the calamity. Look at the state of people. Look at God's people. Look at the lost sheep. People really think it's okay to be in sin. And just say I plead the blood of Jesus. People think it's okay. Family hold on. Okay family let me take you to 1st Samuel chapter 2 real quick verse 27 one day a man of god came to eli and gave this message from the lord i revealed myself to your ancestors when pharaoh's slaves when they were pharaoh's slaves in egypt i chose your ancestor aaron from among all the tribes of israel to be my priest to offer sacrifices on my altar to burn incense and to do and to wear the priestly vest as he served me and i assigned the sacrif- the sacrificial offerings to you priests So why do you scorn my sacrifices and offerings? Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? For you and they have become fat from from the best offerings of my people, Israel. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel says, excuse me, I promise that your branch of the tribe of Levi will always be my priest. Excuse me, but I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. The time is coming when I'll put an end to your family, so they will no longer serve as my my priest. All the members of your family will die before their time. None will reach old age. You will watch with envy as I pour out prosperity on the people of Israel. But no members of your family will ever live out their days. The few not cut off from serving at my altar will survive, but only so their eyes can go blind and their hearts break. And their children will die a violent death. And to prove that what I have said will come true. I will cause your two sons, Hophany and Phenis, to die on the same day. Then I will raise up a faithful priest who will serve me and do what I desire. I will establish his family and they will be priests to my anointed kings forever. Then all of your surviving family will bow before him, begging for money and food. Please, they will say, give us jobs among the priests so we will have enough to eat. Family. I encourage you to keep on reading Samuel because that's the, in chapter four. That's when the Lord comes to Samuel and he tell well, we can go to that because you can. Ju- I'm just not reading this whole thing. So Samuel chapter four. And and you were just reading that. That's the Lord. He's that's that's happening. It's happening. God's words are alive and living. That's that. That scripture right there is everything we just talked about. Let's go to verse 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am to, I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned them, warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. The Lord is saying... The the people didn't put a stop to this. I've been warning people. I've been telling people to repent and they haven't put a stop to this. So family, with saying that. I encourage you to go back and you praise the Lord and you ask him to give you more wisdom, understanding and knowledge about what I have spoke to you about today. I encourage you to repent. I encourage you to ask the Lord to search your heart. But family, I hear the Lord saying, it won't be long from now. You will begin to see these things. It won't happen long from now. I love y'all so much. I pray that this word has blessed you. I'm just praying for you in general. In the name of Jesus. Because God does not want to see anybody destroyed. He just wants people to turn from their wicked ways. He doesn't want to see nobody get destroyed. So I love y'all so, 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 so much. Let's say this together. Most importantly, Jesus loves you. Bye.